This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. Hi, this is James Rivera. I'm going back to old school. MSR cast? Oh, come on. Yes, we've been around for a long time and we're not going away. This is James Rivera from Hellstar. Support your local scene. Hi, this is Gregor McIntosh from Paradise Lost, and you're listening to MSR Cast. Hello, everyone. You're listening to MSR Cast. My name is Don Swanner, and keep it metal. Hey, everybody. This is Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and you're listening to the MSR Cast. Yeah!
Welcome, my friends, to episode 149 of MSR Cast, brought to you by Metal Injection Radio and Mainstream Resistance and me. <laughs> I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie. And I'm JM, Metal Geek. That's right. Welcome, my friend. We are in the, the beginning of our 2013 Rewind, and we had to do this big. We had to bring a third party into the mix. A menage a trois of metal, if you will. I want the back. <laughs> you can have the back. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Sean, he is from uh, the blog. Go ahead and give you your info out. Uh, it's uh, TheMetalPigeon.com. It's the Metal Pigeon himself. It's Sean Kamar. Uh, How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Thank you for uh, coming on the show and helping us with our, our rewind. Now, uh, if you've listened to MSR Cast for the, the past nine years, that's one of the big milestones we finally just we got to in 2014. This is our ninth year of doing the show. Crazy. Um, Jeez. I know, man. It's been many, like four years since John Michael jumped on board, or three years? Yeah, three, it's been a long time. yeah about 2011 I jumped in. Yep. And what we do every beginning of every, um, after each, each uh, past year, is uh, we go through our favorite albums of the year. This is not a top ten, this is not a, you know, any kind of order type of situation. This is just shit that we like the most. The fun shit. The fun shit, exactly. And uh, we invited Sean on, and he picked out some of his favorite uh, tracks from the past year and favorite from the favorite albums. And if you really want to um, get really in-depth, uh, go to his blog, man. Read the 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 1,000 word essays that he writes on everything <laughs> that he does. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your blog a little bit, man. Um, when did you get this started? Um, yeah, I started in 2011, late 2011. Um, it was one of those situations where I, I started it because I just got tired of um, – of having my opinion buried on, you know, web message boards and, and forums and, um, and kind of finding it unsatisfying whenever you wouldn't find the kind of quality discussion that you'd want to have about a, a topic. Um, so I just kind right. of wanted to have a soapbox for my, uh, for myself, not really expecting anything from it. Uh, I didn't really have any ambitions as to how popular it would get, but, um, it kind of, uh, it took off right away because I had a uh, an article. It was only like the fifth one I ever published, I think. It went viral, um, semi-viral on Reddit and uh, attracted a lot of ire and controversy. And uh, That's the way to do it. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, they say any publicity is good publicity. It, it actually it is true. Um, and yeah, ever since then, I've, I've kind of had a small following it's actually surprising me. There's still people who keep coming back to the blog, and I start remembering their names and recognizing them, and they comment right. on every article. It's it's actually growing into something um, that I didn't expect, and I'm about to hit fifty thousand views. I was just checking it today, so that's, I'm pretty proud of it so far. Yeah, man. So I think we need to take a page from Sean, uh, John Michael, or JN Metal Geek. We need to uh, start talking shit about more people. Hey, man, I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the same thing, uh, soapbox, but it's without yep. talking. But and there's less editing when you when you're doing it live like this. 
do it live. Doing it live. <laughs> doing it live. Yeah, um, just to give a little bit of, uh, I guess, info uh, about this episode right here. We recorded this episode four or five nights ago, and we ha- we're having to redo it because the audio got lost. Uh, technical difficulties with one of the recording programs that we use. So I blame it on the polar vortex. I, I believe so. So we're gonna uh, what we're gonna doing tonight is uh, we're gonna do it all over again. We're gonna we can do it better. <laughs> we can build it better. We can make it better, and we we'll, we'll make the six million dollar metal man. It, it really it. was the night of the polar vortex. It was really cold outside. I remember. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> I think I think all of her voices just got frozen in my computer somewhere. Awesome. <laughs> but you know what needs to uh, you know what helps you know saw all that out. Some metal. Some metal. And starting everything off from this episode was something that I think uh, both you and I picked. JM, it's something from the new Gorguts. Yeah, um, I personally wasn't a major fan of Gorguts pr- prior to this album. Um, right. Uh, expect some hate mail from that, and if you do, I will read it online. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, this was a phenomenal release. Um, it was from uh, their Colored Sands release that just came out. Uh, right. The song's called Forgotten Arrows, and uh, Gorguts fucking killed it, man. If you are looking for technical death metal done the right way, man, this is... They haven't put an album out since the 90s, or early 2000s. It's been a long time. It was, I don't know the... Yeah, it was interesting because both, I think Gorguts and Carcass both kind of came out of the woodwork out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? So, anyways. Yeah, there are, <clears throat> there are a lot of people calling this uh, this year sort of this death metal revival year. Which I- Okay, so I, I'm looking up uh, Gorguts on, on Yahoo!, and I actually only put Gorgut. Hopefully, it would pick it up. And the first <laughs> link that came up is Yo Plays Gogurt. Yummy. I don't think that's the same thing as what we're talking about. No. Uh, tastier. <laughs> so, yeah, much tastier. Mm, uh, you continue want some what you're guts with your dairy? <laughs> that's what uh, some of those Greek yogurts taste like to me, man. Oh, you've got to put some cinnamon on it, dude. Maybe. It's, it's the sourness of it that I don't fucking like. But that's really segueing away from what we're talking All right, about. That's what we do. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and uh, Sean was saying about how last year has been the return of so many death metal bands. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's kind of exaggerated in, in the sense that it's really only two major ones. Um, but you know, writers tried to tr- find some kind of narrative to attach to a year, and it's either it's either the year of the death metal revival or the year of Death oh. Haven. Which makes me want to kind of um, avoid that one, but yeah, cool. I mean, 2000, 2011 was kind of tagged as like this big black metal year. I'm I'm sort of predicting 2014 to be one of the biggest years for power metal in the past 15 years. It's every major you know power metal band's gonna be releasing a record this year, but I I will get on board with yeah. that. Um, so I mean, who who has albums coming out this year? I know I've heard the Iced Earth, which is really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you have. Um, Iced Earth, um, Persuader, first album in eight years. Uh, Silent Force, first album in six years. Um, I wonder who persuaded them to put a new album. And even though I know they're they're verging on pop metal, but Within Temptation is releasing the record this this month. Then you have 
Um, Sabaton coming sure. out with a record. Ed Guy's supposed to be dropping a new one. The, of course, long-awaited four-year gap is over for the Blind Guardian album going to be coming out this year, sometime in the middle of this year. And also uh, Gamma Ray. If you, and, uh, and in the, that's right, new Gamma Ray. I heard about that. And if yeah. you're looking for a Blind Guardian album, in the meantime, check out Evertale. Oh, cool. They just put an album out uh, November-ish of 2013, and it will definitely satiate your uh, Blind Guardian fix. What's funny is some people might suggest the Persuader album for the Blind Guardian fix since... Uh, nah, I don't know vocals, so much anymore. sounds so much the same. When they originally came out, it was very hard to differentiate between <laughs> Blind Guardian and Persuader, but yeah. I think they've found their own little style now. They have. Voice. I mean, aside from the vocals, they, they, they have very yeah. little in common with Blind Guardian, but... It, um, I've heard I've heard that Persuader album a few times through now, and it's it's pretty amazing. Now speaking of the Iced Earth, and uh, Hanzi has a little part on that album, but um, I wanted to bring up the Highwayman song. Yeah, it's so good. It's okay. Have you heard this, John Michael? Yet? I have not. Do you know? Do you remember the Highwayman? It was like a Chris Christopherson and um, Johnny Cash. Uh, Willie Johnny Cash. No, it wasn't Johnny Cash. It was Willie Nelson and uh, some other people like that. In the people of that ilk. Okay. Hey, wasn't it? Isn't it Johnny Cash, Christopherson, Willie Nelson, and um, Merle Haggard? Um, Am I? I don't want to. I don't know. I'm. I was never a huge fan of this type of music, right. but I just remember this one song. What was the? Uh, what was the song? Highwayman. Yes, exactly. It was the the song Highwayman. You know, I probably have heard the original song because I was raised. Uh, in an area where it was pretty much, well, my grandfather used to play guitar with the Hank Snow Band, if anybody out there listens to country. Um, really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I probably so, heard it somehow or another, because he was a huge Willie Nelson fan, too. Yeah, with uh, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, and Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, okay. Yeah. Waylon Jennings, yeah. But the version on the Iced Earth album is John Schaefer singing it, of course, Stu Block, and then they have Russell Allen from Symphony X, and then they have uh, Michael Paulson. Paulson, yeah. Paulson from uh, Bull Beach. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting, man. I like that. It's, Very it's cool. cool that they, they, they have four vocalists on there, kind of like tipping the hat to the original Highwaymen. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's, a, it's a very different um, cover for such a heavy album. It's, it's really interesting. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but let's yeah, let's go back to Gorguts a little bit. Um, so this is the first album they've put out in since 2001. So it's been 12 years. Oh. And I saw them uh, back like 99, 2000-ish, right after Obscura came out uh, when they were touring on that album. And Luke LeMay was fucking was cool as hell back then. We like played pool with him at the, at the you know at the place where they were jamming at. And they deserve all the hype between. Behind this album. So it was 1999. That was the last al- time they put an album out. The last time they put it out, the last album was from Wisdom to Hate <clears> in 2001. So why why did they stop um, for all this time? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I know why. They, it was Limp Biscuit. <laughs> that was a time. I mean, just to put in perspective, that's the, maybe around the time that all that time period uh, uh, was convoluted with all this fucking rap metal and new metal stuff. New metal. New metal is an NU. Yeah. I, mean, I hated that time. But I man. mean, that that just puts it in perspective, too. I mean, sure. think about that. 
Think about where metal has gone from that time period to now. And it, it is, it's great because, I mean, I, I love me some technical death metal, you know? Yeah. And they bring they put so much thought and so much emotion into the music. It's like having... It, it's, it's the exact same feeling I get when I listen to a death album, you know? Yeah. It's, it's good because, you know, these guys came out and put an album right, like, after the entire trend of uh, technical death metal was, you know, reaching its right. pinnacle. And uh, thank God, dude, I mean, I'm, I'm an atheist, but thank God um, <laughs> that they did because... Thank the flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, or the crazy man in the sky that everybody, you know, gets to murmur to. Right. Um, that, that whole era of gent is dying off. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, these guys came out, and uh, I hope you're right, Sean. I hope that it is a power metal year because I don't want to hear any terrible singing, any terrible guitars, or whatever. I want to hear the fucking '80s come back. I want to hear oh, that, yeah. that that '80s sound, the powerful metal. Speaking of the '80s sound, um, another band that put out a new album this in 2013 and it was actually all three of us picked this album and we actually all picked the same song which is a little freaky yeah that is freaky uh queensryche put a new album out and we're talking about the good queensryche with todd latory we're not talking about that jiff tate debacle he put out yeah the the uh would you what did you say um the cheeseburger tate <laughs> <laughs> cheeseburger tate did you yep. guys see the, the video that he made? Um, like it was like an EPK promo video he did. I don't I don't even know why he did it, but it had him like going around different parts of um, the country where he was on tour, posing out in the most ridiculous manner. Like he was in front of a sign, like a a speed limit sign, and the speed limit was like twenty five miles per hour, and he was like right below the sign, shaking his head, going like no. Like what the hell? You know, hell? <laughs> I, I, I will. I'm going to say this. I think Jeff Tate is sort of lost his mind a little bit. He's not all there. You know what I mean? He's, he's gone. There's something. Yeah. There's something off. He's, he's lost his mind. He's lost his credibility. He's lost his fan base. I, I um, yeah. I was mentioning nope. um, that uh, it was funny. We were talking last time, and I was mentioning about uh, the whole trial and, and how they're going to trial just today. They announced that they have come to a settlement, and the rumor oh. is that um, that the Todd Latory version of Queen Drake will get the name. Good, they're really? going to be paying off Jeff Tate. That's the rumor right now. I don't know if it's verified or not, but uh, well, with the uh, the sales and how well the album did, they had the money to pay the fucker off. Now, yeah, right, yeah, they beat him like wow. <laughs> like what was it twenty uh, debut position twenty three to eighty seven or something like that. So yeah, wow, yeah. I I got the really cool version at um at, at Best Buy. It was like the limited you know box. Yeah, the box has like the pin and everything. The, the pin and the patches and the the bonus tracks. I mean, just hearing Todd Latore sing the classic Queensrÿche songs live is worth it alone. Because yeah. if you heard the Jeff Tate's version and he tried to do some of the older you know like Empire stuff, yeah, the re-records. And, oh my, the re- oh, it's so fucking yeah. horrible. Cleopatra Records, which is maybe the worst record label ever to <laughs> exist, um, sure. they had him do four classic Queen's Strike songs to 
basically as part of the contract. Like that's the reason why they signed him to make that really terrible Queen's Rec record or quote unquote Queen's Rec record. They yeah. really just wanted those four songs to just right. endlessly repackage. I mean, that's what Cleopatra does. They just repackage re-recordings of old uh, classic hits and I guess make money that way. I'm not really sure who's buying that kind of stuff. I certainly wouldn't buy it. People do. Yeah, I guess someone does, but um, I saw Queensryche with Todd LaTorre in June and it was the single best vocal performance I've ever seen live, including oh, really? including seeing you know, Bruce Dickinson with Iron Maiden. It was, I really wish I was at that show. He was man. so good. I mean, I they were just it was it was a horrible venue a horrible setting for them they they the band yeah. really deserved better they deserved a better venue they deserved a a show that was more centrally located in Houston but did the, yeah it was a concert pub north correct it was like out in the middle of nowhere did basically. they right yeah 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 i saw uh, john oliva there a few months ago did they play inside or outside they played outside so basically the stage was facing the the club and so the backdrop behind the band was a mcdonald's literally a mcdonald's Yep, it's right in the front of the parking exactly. lot. Exactly. <laughs> where where do people stand? I mean, how much room was there? There was a lot of room. I mean, you're in the parking lot, and the stage is facing that the corner of the club. Um, okay, where are people parking then? Uh, just all around. But you know, the thing with the McDonald's is that the literally you can see the the arches like right behind the stage, like perfectly framed behind Scott <laughs> Rockenfield. So it's like it's like McDonald's presents Queen's Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just don't eat at McDonald's. Yeah, I, was was, say, I think that they may have had the wrong Queen's Reich uh, on the stage at that time. I thought that McDonald's was sponsoring uh, Jeff Tate. Jeff T- no, he's uh, Jeff Tate is sponsored by Burger King. Oh, <laughs> it's the dollar the dollar Whopper menu. Oh, and uh, and the fat jokes there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember uh, looking at the schedule and the band had just come from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they apparently had like a rough time of it over there. I mean, they they had a great show apparently, but the conditions weren't that great. But then they came to Houston. It was extremely humid that night, and um, just really uh, like humid and moist. It was the middle of the summer, Ooh, and you said moist. That, all that. That's, I think moist is such a dirty it is, word. It is a horrible word. I don't even know why I said it, but don't say that again. He, Moist. Um, it was conducive to him delivering maybe the best vocal performance I think I'll ever hear live. It was so good. Really? I was just I was stunned because I thought I was I was I was there to support him. I was like, yeah, you know, this would be great, even though this venue sucks and everything. But that this is the real Queens right now, and I didn't expect it. To, I didn't expect the band to be that good. I didn't expect Todd Tory to be that jaw droppingly great on stage. Well, that's amazing, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them if, if they come back here this year. I will make a, you know, make it to one of their shows. Yeah. I just didn't know where the club was, and I didn't really hear about it in time, and it was just a lot of bullshit excuses why I wasn't there. But yeah. Well, you got your life to take care of. That's true. Yeah. We 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 have shows to put out. We're metal and responsible. <laughs> we have uh, bands to play like uh, Queensrÿche. Yeah, man. Let's get into In This Light, and this is from the self-titled Queensryche album that came out in, uh, I believe, June of 2013.
Welcome back, everyone. Not just my friends, but everyone. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> I know, I'm the good guy, I think. <laughs> um, you just heard one of the best Houston bands, I think, uh, Carrie's ever turned on to me. Uh, Oceans of Slumber was their album, I'm going to try to say it right, um, Ethereal? I think, I believe that's right. Um, they... That album is, hands down, across the board, uh, one of the most diverse albums I think we have on the list, honestly. Yeah, man. If you are looking for something that is heavy, that is proggy, that is has tinges of face no more, and it has tinges of fucking brutal death metal, and all thrown into a blender, and coming out to this badass album, look no further than Ocean of the Slumber. Yeah, and, and his fucking... Vocals, man. Not only does he do some really nasty gutturals, but yes, you on the last episode or when we were actually recording this past episode that we're on right now, <laughs> uh, you were telling me that he has a natural ability to sing that way. He that's correct. Um, if you listen to episode, I'm going back into the archives. Uh, episode 136 of MSR Cast, which was from March of 2013. Uh, I interviewed the whole band. We were all sitting around um, Dauber, the, the drummer's uh, kitchen table, eating grapes and talking metal. It doesn't get much more metal than eating organic fucking badass grapes. <laughs> um, yeah, Ronnie said, man, he never really sang before he joined the band. That is so crazy. And he just it just sort of came naturally to him. He's fucking amazing. And if you like um, Ocean of the Slumber, every single member of, the, of that band... Is also in another local band called Demoniacal Genuflection, which is completely, you know, brutal death metal. So, and we've we've actually given away one of their CDs before. That's right, and it might have had shit stains on it, thanks to the uh, that somebody that's in, in the scene, Mister Swearingen, used to be one of my artists. <laughs> so he ate a bunch of uh, Houston food. And <laughs> decided to go and uh, shit all over the fucking CD and, and just, signed his name just, into it, smeared it into it. Just you wait, sir. When you when you come down here, we'll, you will uh, you will be feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's good. But yeah, uh, man, Ocean of the Slumber. I know they've been in the studio recently, working on a new album. Uh, actually, uh, I got to give almost congratulations to Dauber. By the time this episode comes out, his baby daughter is going to be born. Oh, very cool. Congratulations, so, man. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, everybody in the band is really super cool. Um, check out Ocean of the Slumber on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on their Facebook page. Just check them out. And these guys need to get big. And I, I want to put, you know, every ounce of effort I, I can behind that. And they, they have a huge following here, man. They play big shows and they just need to get on a big, huge tour with a, with a major band and they're going to blow up. Well, from what you were just talking about the food, I think they blew up on the, <laughs> the album. That's right. That's right. But so yeah, check out, uh, Ocean of the Slumber. That, uh, album of course is a serial. Yeah, and uh, the song you heard was "Remedy." So if you if you haven't listened to it on Spotify, uh, go, do they have a website or um, they don't? They have a Facebook page. Um, they also uh, they have a sound SoundCloud page. So just 
Put them in Google and you will find them. And buy their album. Support local music. Yeah, they deserve it. That's right. So. And here's and right before Ocean of the Slumber was something that's not local. Well, maybe local if you live in Finland. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, let's let Sean uh, describe this one because this is definitely a pick of uh, one of my picks of the year because I love this album. But uh, Sean actually picked this song for the al- for the for the episode. Yeah, Hopeless Days, uh, Amorphous, from the album Circle. Um, this is. Uh, the the it's not only the best song off the album. I think it's maybe one of the top five songs they've done in their career. And amorphous, like wow, really? I, yeah, there's something really special about this song. I was actually just listening to it on the way up here, and um, they 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 struck upon something in the song that I I I, have, I had a hard time writing about it because it's just like it's mm-hmm. such, it's got this kind of this ache to it, this kind of dramatic, melancholic ache. Yeah, and I agree. I love the chorus, the lyrics in the chorus, that, that I was born a captive, a captive of the night in between hopeless days. Every time I hear that, it just kind of rips me apart. I don't know. Uh, I, I For me, music, when it hits me in the gut and it, it hits me in like, you know, not to be corny, but it hits me in the heart, like it reverberates in me and it's like, yeah, that that matters more to me than heaviness or, you know, um, technical proficiency or or brutality and, or anything. You yes, know? and the the new a lot of people think uh, a lot of people don't like the new amorphous uh, the new style of amorphous. I love it, man. I I love uh, the brutality. I love, yeah. I love the like you said the melon the melancholy, just the the way it hits your emotions sometimes. It, they they um, are filling a void left by sentenced when sentenced went away. And now um, I know we've talked about this before. Right. You are uh, a Tommy Jowson uh, fanboy, just like me. Yeah, he, he's. Well, I mean, where would they? If they hadn't gotten him into the band, and I think what was he back? He was in the band in what two thousand three? I think was his first year. Uh, two thousand five. So it's been nine years now. Yeah, I don't know where they would have gone because if you listen to those albums before he got in, like the last few records, they were sort of. Um, they, I mean, they were good albums. I just think they were sort of. It felt like they were losing steam, and when he got in there, I remember that. I think the first single with him was what House of Sleep or something. That was such an an, an amazing song, and it, it, it just yeah. revitalized their sound. And they just been consistent year after year, putting out these records. And uh, this is Circle was a good album. It didn't make my top albums of the year list. This is my number two song of the year, just because it's um, it's and it could have been number one easily. But uh, yeah, it's it's such a, a remarkable song. Everyone needs to check it out. I know uh, a lot of people are fans of Posse. Like my wife is a huge fan, but I, I'm on the, I'm on your team, man. I, I believe that Tommy is a much better vocalist, and um, just the emotion that he can get and the clarity of his deep growls, uh, man. There's something about like you know what we were talking about. Um, I think off off air one uh, one day we were talking about Amorphous and Stradivarius being the two strains of Finnish metal. Yeah, that's right. But it's so interesting how like Amorphous has kind of come full circle with the sound. There's something in Finland that that, that I don't know if it's the country or, or what's going on with those people, how depressed they are naturally. I'm not sure what, what it is. <laughs> I, I hear a lot of things about Finnish uh, culture and people, but 
all these bands, Insomnium, Amorphous, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you name every Finnish band, like Omni, um, Omnium Gatherum or whatever, they all have that kind of me- uh, attachment to melancholy that it doesn't seem like any other country has. And it's something that, like, if you need that kind of music and you any one of those bands can deliver that kind of uh, emotional content, um, and, you know, this is the first album in a long time that's not based on... Um, there's a Finnish national epic called uh, Calavella. Yeah. And that's been the, the basic um, storyline for all their albums since 2003. Right, yeah. Um, this one was... Um, it focuses on an original story penned by lyricist Pekka... And if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, I apologize. Uh, Kainu Lainen. Um, and Sounds this like a album hot was, sauce. it does. <laughs> I would I would eat that hot sauce. Um, and this is, album was actually produced by Peter Tagtron. Yeah. So it's it's good shit, man. <laughs> you know that that Finnish epic. I've I've taken a crack at reading that. Oh my it, god! It's almost impossible. I think. I mean, the translation was was done well, but yeah, that is that is something else. I don't know how those guys delve into that like it was uh, it's, it's the inspiration for Tolkien's Silmarillion which is hard enough to read as is uh-huh. I've read the Silmarillion a few times now it took me many many years to get into the Silmarillion and understand what I was reading um, I would just rather listen to the Morphin yeah, there you go that's the easy way to get through it yeah and uh, who do we have before Morphus James uh, Morphus um, I think we we're talking about it for about five minutes, but I'll just mention it briefly. Uh, Queensryche. That's right. That's all, I guess that's all we need to say. Yeah, well, that, that, that song, like, that particular song that we all decided to pick, mm-hmm. how, like, it's it's got this kind of old-school empire feel to it, where the chorus sounds like, it sounds like 1990 all of a sudden. It, yeah. Um, the, the whole album is, is quite damn good. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the, the songs they write are just they're they're modern Queensryche. You can still tell they have a little bit of that modern, you know, tinge to it that they've been writing the past four or five albums. But it has that that classic, you know, Empire Operation Mindcrime, you know, mentality to yeah, it. Yeah, and it makes me sort of it bums me out when you think about how basically Jeff Tate and his wife have been running that band when they were in it for years, just dominating it and having these outside songwriters come in with their horrible ideas. Jason Slater and and Kelly Gray, these these guys who shouldn't be allowed anywhere near recording studios, and they have basically wasted years of these guys' recording uh, lives. And yeah. we get this album this year, and you you go, well, where has this been for the past half decade, or um, heck, you know, since 1997 in a way? Uh, it it was it's bittersweet. I mean, it's a great, it was a good record. That was a great song, but. Um, yeah, I just hope they release a new album soon. Yeah, because, I mean, the album really wasn't that long. There was only, what, like very eight or nine short. songs? Yeah, very so, short. So I think it was just a, a little small taste of what's to come. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, so the the band that that is coming up next on the show, and again, you are listening to MSRCast, and you are listening to our 2013 Rewind. These are not our, um, our top ten. This is not any kind of order. These are just songs and albums that we've loved over the past year. 
deal with it. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I got to admit, I've never really heard this band until uh, Sean brought it to the table. And I listened to this album um, over this past week, and yeah, it's it's very good. But I know exactly why you like it. Yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's very Camelot. It's it is very Camelotish, and I and I think that they get fairly, I would say, tagged as a kind of a, a mix of Camelot and Sonata Artica because yep. Tony um, it, Tony Kakao's voice is very much felt in the vocals of York Newhauser, who's the vocalist in Serenity. Um, it's very Camelot. It is very Camelot, but what the what separates and I'm not saying they're they're they're, they're separating themselves from Camelot, but I think what's what makes them stand out from the rest of the European bands is is they have this commitment to songwriting that I feel like um is first and foremost in their approach. And that entire album, <clears throat> the War of Ages album, is so diverse, like once like not one song doesn't sound anything like the other, and they have such a blend of styles and a variety of uh, of of arrangements and and structures, and it's just um, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just taking in. You can tell that they basically just focus on doing something that they love and just making it the best they possibly can. So if they're influenced by Camelot, they're going to take their um, their version of that and make it into, you know, uh, something that they can, that it has their own stamp on it. And it is sure. different from Camelot, Camelot being mostly American, Serenity being an Austrian band, Austrian French band, I suppose. Um, they brought in a singer this time to, as a part of their permanent lineup, uh, Clementine Delune. And I think she's, she's helping them expand their, not only their palette, but just their lyrics and their uh, they're just their whole approach to songwriting is going to be different. I can't wait to hear what their next album sounds like. This was my number one album of the year. People, I, I did get a little bit of uh, of like questioning comments for it being the number one album of the year, but it was number what? one because it was literally the most listened to album for me for 2013. I I could not stop listening to this record. But it's your opinion. That's why. You know that's why these are just our. our this is just a rewind episode because I hate people having to put a number on everything. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's it's if you liked it, you fucking liked right. it, man. I, I I tend to take uh, play counts really seriously. Like, you know, I, I I have a general idea of what albums I really enjoyed and, and which ones comes to the forefront. But when I when I have to assign them a number, I really do look at play counts and and try to be honest with myself and. Mm-hmm. And whoever my readers are, and if if something's number, if you if you listen to an album a couple hundred times, you you should probably represent that in your list <laughs> somehow. Yeah, I, w- I would agree on that one. So uh, let's let everybody hear what all the hubbub is all about. Hubbubbub. Hubbub. It's not. It's like the the hubbubbub. <laughs> um. So let's get into uh, Serenity, Wings of Madness from the album War of Ages. Brought to you by our very special guest, Sean, the mental pigeon himself. You have to do some kind of like pigeon noise now. There you go. You did it. Nope. No, that was you. That wasn't you. Um, I feel like my throat's too dry to do a, a proper coup, and I'll, I'll, okay. I'll kind of shame all pigeonhood everywhere. 
Well, while we listen to this next uh, batch of songs, you work on that and get you, get you some water so you can come back with your nice pigeon tone. Okay. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right back. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
Back to episode 139 of MSR Cast, the 2013 Rewind. You were listening to Arion, The Theory of Everything. Um, you know what? I'm going to let you talk about this one, Carrie, because <laughs> I am not that big of an Arion fan. And I am. I'm a huge Arion fan. Um, I'm a fan of everything that Arjun Lukinson does, anything he puts his, his talents to. Um, I got to say, this is a very different album for for at least Arion. I wasn't quite sure how I felt as it, it being titled an Arion album. Um, there's four, basically four musical um, movements in the album, and they're split into different tracks. So, like, each track can be, like, from, like, 50 seconds to, like, two or three minutes long. Um, and he's usually known for doing long albums or long songs, you know? But the cool thing about it is he'll use some of those same musical themes like that he used in the beginning of the album, and he'll use it again on a song later on in the album, and it all sort of ties everything together, which is very cool on this album. 
Um, and usually he has a lot of vocalists on his album. And this one he did not. Um, look, on this album, uh, let's see, he has um, lot, lots of guest stars, but not as much as he usually has. Um, Marco Hayatala from Nightwish and Terrett. Uh, Christina Scabia from Lacuna Coil. Uh, Johnny J.B. Christofferson uh, from Grand Magus. Um, Tommy Karavik of Camelot. And uh, I guess he's also in Seventh Wonder. Um, he also uh, had King Crimson and current Asia member John Wetton. Um, and then just an instrumentalist, he has Jordan Rudess from Dream Theater, Steve Hackett that used to be in Genesis, Keith Emerson from Emerson Lake and Palmer. That's so crazy, uh, man. He went all over the Rick, place with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's a he's a, he's a, he's a huge prog geek. Uh, a couple years ago, I interviewed Arjun for, I believe it was the last Star One album. And I always let people on MSRCast, you know, at a certain time of the show, pick out tracks that, that you know, that's influenced him or something that I listened to. And he definitely pulled out some rare, obscure prog that I've never even heard of. But that's, that's just who he is. And that's why he has such a, a keen eye for, or keen ear for music. Um, you know when you listen to something that he's produced because it has a it has like this clean produced style to it, you know. Yeah. Are Are you a fan, JM? Um, no, actually, I'm not. But that's okay. I, I, we got to let you go. Then. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, well, it's not that I'm that I hate on him or anything. I just I don't think I've spent enough time listening to him. Sure. Sometimes I get in these niches where I'm just, you know, I'm listening to certain bands and I overdose on it, and then I'm, you know, then I look for another band. They just haven't hit my list yet. Okay, and the same is same for you too, Sean, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've given some of his um, albums a, a try in the past. For whatever reason, it just never uh, it hasn't connected yet. Whenever I hear his his guest list, I'm always uh, intrigued, especially like. Yeah. Hearing like yeah. the guy from Grand Magus is on there and uh, um, Tommy Karavik. Um he always uh, tries to work with people that he's never worked with before, yeah. and he's had some amazing vocalists on his album. I mean, everybody from Bruce Dickinson, Devin Townsend. Um, I mean, let's see, um, Mikhail o- Okerfeld was on uh, one album. Uh, what's the singer from Dream Theater? I can't think of the name right now. James, uh, James Labrie. He played the lead the lead role on the Human Equation, which is I think the album you need to start with. Okay, uh, that's the album that actually got me into the band. Um, he's and then he has Floor Jansen. Um, you know, Annika has been in on different albums. It's just, um, just an amazing group of musicians that he's got together, and his drummer is amazing, Ed Warby from uh, Halo Bullets um, and, Gore, and not Gore Guts, but. Um, I can't think of the other band he's in now. Not Gorguts. Because we played Gorguts in the beginning of the show. We did. Gorefest. That's the band I'm thinking of. Oh. <laughs> I, knew it had a gore, I knew it had a gore in it. <laughs> Gorefest. Yeah. Well, I'll have to take a listen to them, man. Because, uh, I, I, like I said, honestly, I, I don't think I've given them a fair a fair chance to say whether I do or not like them. I always feel guilty for not for not being into Arion yet. Because being one of the few um, 
what I, in my perspective, what I feel are like the few writers in metal who are uh-huh. actually, you know, proponents of power metal and stuff like that and prog metal and stuff. Um, I feel like I owe it to myself to actually get myself into them. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Ch- I check out human equation, then check out, okay. um, timeline, which was sort of a, a greatest hits type of deal. It went through all the, uh, Arion albums because all the Arion albums basically up to now were one storyline. Right. Um, even the human equation, which was about a guy in a coma and fighting with his inner demons, turns out to be part of the same storyline. Which is this weird, yeah. which is this weird space fantasy time travel alien thing. I don't want to give away too much, but it's it's it is a long involved storyline. It's very cool. I mean, they go there, you know, medieval times, and it's if you it's one of those bands where you have to really sit there in and digest music and listen to look at the lyrics and really get into it. Right. Now, are there a lot of uh, interludes in his stuff? Yes. Um, he he's definitely known for, you know, you know, going heavy and then, you know, breaking it down. Right. You know, and he does it or doesn't get, you know, annoying. Yeah. I, the only reason I, I ask is, is one of the guests he has is Tommy Karavik and who's now the Camelot mm-hmm. singer, but he's, um, you, you mentioned Seventh Wonder, um, his right. other band. They they've released some really great records, but they have an album called Mercy Falls. Really great songwriting, right? Amazing songs, amazing vocals, amazing playing and production. But they have these narr- narration voices that chime in on the album, and it's a, it's okay. about this guy who's in a coma, and he can hear the like his family around him and stuff like that. That sounds very familiar to the area. And unfortunately, they picked the worst possible people to do voice acting on that album. So there's no interlude track, so it just bleeds into the song. So like uh, a really great song starts, but you have to listen to some kid telling mm. some story, and it just sort of like, oh, I just wish I could get a version of that album without all that stuff on there. Yeah. Sounds like it's, that um, Wheels of Fire album with uh, Manowar. Yeah. <laughs> Grandfather, uh, tell me a story. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, a, that's an all-time classic right there. <laughs> well... All right. They were the metal kings. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, I definitely, um, speaking of, before we move on from this, um, check out Guilt Machine, which is one of Arjun's other bands. That's such an amazing, such an amazing piece of, of music. Um, if It'll get you into his music just right there. And the Star One albums are pretty fucking killer, too. If you've never heard those, they're, they're usually heavier, and all the songs are based on science fiction movies and TV shows. Cool. So, I mean, you had, you know, Russell Allen with one of the main vocalists, Damien Wilson from Threshold, Dan Swano, Floor Jansen. And I got to say, Arjun's a pretty damn good singer himself. Yeah. So, I guess we uh, stroked his ego a little bit too long now. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man. I'll just say what we have to say about a son. That was a song you heard before, Arian, and uh, the title the title of the album is uh, uh, Go Ahead, Sean, because you said it perfectly last time. It's, das Seelen uh, Brecken? Yeah, and the song was called Table Sought. Yeah, Table Sought. In ACL, yeah. That, I love Eson, man. I love his style, but there were just some songs on that album that... 
didn't work for me, so the album didn't resonate as much as I would have liked it to, but there's some really amazing tracks, and you picked that one right there, Table Salt. Yeah. <laughs> that is one, I love that song, man. Uh, yeah, he, I guess he named every one of his songs on there um, a, an element from the periodic table, yep. which is pretty cool. It's very That's creative. pretty metal. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'll have to look more into the meaning of the songs uh, now that I'm thinking about it and how they connect with the song, um, whatever. But um, I, I can understand why you feel that way about the album. It was definitely out there a little bit, but it was not nearly as bad as his other really far out projects. Yeah. Um, he can you can tell he experimented quite a bit, um, but I you know I liked it. I like how he's he's broadening a little bit, um, but he's not losing it. You know, with his whole because um, he's got this little vibe going with this whole solo project that everybody loves every album he puts out you know and he's he's got that whole um i don't even know how in the fuck this guy figured out how you could put saxophone into metal (laughs) it works yeah he if somebody can do it he's done it you know and that's that's phenomenal um and this is not uh this is even my favorite Islam song that came out that this year. Right. Um, I know we played it on the show before, the Revolution Harmony uh, group. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could call it a group. It's um, it's an all-star. It's, it's going to be an ongoing series of all-star charity singles. It's from a, a music lecturer and journalist. But uh, the the song that came out this year was called We Are, and it featured Isan and Serge uh, Tonkian from uh, System of a Down, mm-hmm. and Devin Townsend did a lot of the guitar stuff. And it's just such an amazing, epic song. You know, I think that uh, Devin Townsend actually did a guest on this album, too. I believe you're right, because Isan uh, uh, was on um, the Deconstruction album from Devin Townsend a couple years ago. Yeah, all those guys, uh, uh, Mikhail Eckerfeld and Devin Townsend and Hassan, they all kind of like play off each other, I guess. I don't know, man. Maybe it's one of those things where they're getting older and you know they're inspiring each other and they're kind of like, you know, maybe it's yeah, like man. a bromance. <laughs> <laughs> well, great minds think alike, you know. Yeah. But I, I love it. I love, I pretty much love everything that Hassan puts out. But um, that solo project they do with his wife—that's really fucking weird. Oh, Picatum. Yeah. Yeah, P- I agree. Papukum. I've actually seen the, I've actually seen them perform live. So oh, sorry. Yeah, that's that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. And I actually hope that they do put out an album together because uh, that song that you you mentioned mm-hmm. off of the. Uh, what was it called again? The the, the um oh, the revolution yeah. harmony yeah uh, I liked how that sounded so they they, they complemented each other pretty well which is yeah. you wouldn't think okay we're gonna take Eson who was from the legendary underground black metal band Emperor right and put him with System of a Down singer who are so fucking popular right but. It, it works. It's like peanut butter and chocolate to go in together, you know? <laughs> or Nutella and pretzels. I've never tried that. You get salt on it, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, it's actually quite good. Try it. I will try that. Yeah. So, 
And before that, we yeah. heard a song. Wait, but, New, yeah. but Nutella and Waffles is pretty good, too. Oh, Nutella and everything is pretty fucking good. Dude. <laughs> Have you seen, uh, just on a, a quick side tangent, um, uh, Hershey's has their own version of Nutella now. Oh, nice. oh God. And they have like different flavors. There's like a peanut butter and chocolate one, just a chocolate one, and there's the hazelnut one. I, yeah. Well, if you ever make it to Tampa, um, and this goes for you too, Sean, if you ever are in Tampa, I highly recommend going to a Cuban eatery here in Ybor, oh. where they, um, it's like a Cuban French mesh into this uh, little restaurant. They actually serve crepes with banana and Nutella and a whole bunch of other stuff in it. It's phenomenal. I'm unfortunately allergic to bananas, but if when you come here... I'll give you CPR. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> there's a... Good. Give me an EpiPen. Yeah. Be good. There you go. um, there's a, a local burger place. Have you been to this place called Guru Burger yet, Sean? Yeah, I have been there, actually. Oh, so good. They they serve burger burgers and crepes there. Burgers and crepes. It's the best combination ever. Dude, it's not dude, together, but fucking crepes they, are highly underappreciated. Mm-hmm. They have this. Uh, this is this is definitely going off on a tangent. But when you come here, we're gonna go, man. <laughs> they have a <laughs> they have a burger there. We that have has, some asan with some table salt and crepes. Mm-hmm. They have a uh, it's it's peanut butter and uh, jalapeno bacon. Ooh. Holy shit. Holy crap, dude. I had that on my birthday last year. It was freaking amazing. I feel like I'd be on the toilet for like four hours after <laughs> that, though. Well, that that's okay, though. Oh, okay. Right. It's the price yeah, you my, pay. Yeah. My, gra- <laughs> my grandmother <laughs> loves this place. I, we took her there. Uh, the we've gone like the past couple of years we've gone there. Mm. But, okay, going back to the metal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's silent. See how we do it? Awkwardness. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um. Uh, yeah, this is pretty much why we created uh, Metal Geeks because of this. That's right. It's fun. Um, and so, I guess we'll let Sean talk a little bit more about what we heard before Eson. Oh uh, yeah, uh, well, th- th- just that particular song by Serenity Wings of Madness, um, the best song on the album, uh, has you know Clementine Delune and Jorg Newhouser. In this amazing duet, and the lyrics are really great too, especially in the uh, in the chorus. There's um, it's a very kind of heartbreaking song, and the, they made this video for it, kind of ex- kind of a nice looking video, pricey looking video. Metal mm-hmm. videos aren't usually that tastefully done. Um, no, yeah, we sh- we watched this video last week. It's not bad. It's I mean I, I honestly I, I try to avoid even mentioning videos, but it. It is probably the most well-known Serenity song at this point. Um, and you know, I had a, I had a band in uh, my like my senior year of high school. It was me and my cousin and my best friend Scott, and we were called Gossamer, and we had a song called Serenity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I I just now, after all these years, watched Firefly. And yeah. I just finished watching Serenity, the actual movie, the other day. But anyway, um, that's awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. We have a we have a apparently we um, my wife has a Serenity sticker on the back of her, our truck. I just remembered that. Uh. <laughs> so every, so people think I might be I, I went out jamming this band in the truck. It, I must be really into them or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great song. Uh, great video. Um, not that the video matters, I know, but you know, I don't know. They, 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 they. 
her vocal in this song in particular is something I, I singled out in my review as being like one of, maybe the best female vocal of the year. I think. Wait a minute, you wrote a, you wrote a review about the song. I wrote a review about the album. Uh, where could where would one find that? At uh, <laughs> at www.themetalpigeon.com. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, it was um, her vocal in this song. She has a, a verse all to herself. She can elevate her voice from high to low in this kind of dramatic yeah. way, and it's very almost like Sinead O'Connor esque. It, it's, okay. It's, uh, she's she's such an uh, an incredible singer. She just got named as I think the the new female singer for Visions of Atlantis. She's still staying with Serenity. Um, oh, is she? Yeah, she's in. I think she was. She's done guest vocals on Mirath's album. Um, oh yeah, I like we like Mirath. Yeah, they're. Uh, they, that was their last album. She was on the first track. Okay. As the female vocalist. Um, Her name is Clementine. Clementine Delune. Clementine Delune. That sounds like a character from um, uh, Harry Potter. It's very French name. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, Beatrix. Uh, yeah. Beatrix, yeah uh, what was her name? Beatrix. Ah, whatever. I don't even really remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, replied uh, to one of your or shared what your link too, didn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. A few days ago, that was that's, yeah. that's always cool when that happens. Um, it, it's cool when you see that uh, people in bands care about, like when people do shit for their bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not just oh, I'm having to do another batch of interviews for this crap, you know. But they actually care. I, I love that. Yeah, that was cool. What, what was also really cool was um, uh, Tim from Sui Dakra. I, I have the Sui Dakra album at uh, Eternal Defiance at, is at number two on my list for 2013, and he sent me a nice little thank you message. That, that was out of nowhere. Like, wow. That's nice. cool. And who, who else is on your list? Is somebody dark? Uh, yeah, uh, Dark Throne. Dark Throne, this is my uh, number one song of 2013, and I, I honestly feel like when people listen to the song, I wouldn't really have to say much, because the song kind of speaks for itself. It's such a... It, it's one of those songs that it's like to me just epitomizes metal as I know it, as, as I've grown up loving it. It's, it's, um, it's such a brutal ass kicking song, but it's at, at the same time, it's, you know, it's actually very complex and very, um, multifaceted for dark throne, which is, it's still raw, it's still too. raw, but it's seen them transition yeah. out of this crust punk phase they've been in. Right. Which they started on their last album, Circle of the Wagons, but they've really expanded into kind of going for classic metal um, sounds on this on this new album, The Underground Resistance. It's really funny to hear <clears throat> him do traditional, you know, metal vocals. You know, I, I read an interview with with Fenris where he said he was channeling Jeff Tate circa 1984. <laughs> I'm glad somebody is because Jeff Tate's not doing it. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, okay, I, I can see you going for it. Everyone was thinking that he was kind of going for a king diamond type thing but mm. um yeah what, what an awesome song it's it is a long song i i believe that we are going to be playing an abbreviated yeah we're, we're playing the truncated uh msr cast version which is like three minutes down from the glorious 13 yeah. minutes or whatever it because is. there is basically there's the main verse and, and chorus and then there's a really awesome middle section around four minutes in but then yeah. the rest, like the back half of the song, is basically just the entire song repeated. So it 
it's not entirely necessary to play the entire song. I do recommend everyone go to SoundCloud or go to YouTube and, and listen to the entire thing. Um, or just buy the album. Yeah, the uh, the album is incredible. But you know, you know why this song was number one on my list, and, and I was just thinking about it. Um, is basically whenever I think of the Underground Resistance, I think of this riff in this song. <laughs> And so it's mm. it's so overpowering. It is. It, just, it, it is. Yeah, it is. A definitely. Uh, it gets stuck in your head. Type of yeah, riff. Yeah, it's it's a great song. So uh, without further ado, let's ever let everybody hear it, and we'll be back.
Welcome back to episode 139 of MSRCast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance and Metal Injection Radio. I am your host, Carrie G. With me is, uh, as always, is my glorious co-host. Because I am glorious. Glorious. It's JM Metal Geek. And we also have the glorious Sean from The Metal Pigeon, who wants to do his, his pigeon voice now. <laughs> hey. You get a cookie for that one, man. All right. Um, speaking of Sean, the last track that we heard was uh, one of his picks, and I am a huge fan of this band as well, Tyr. T-Y-R. They are from the Faroe Islands, which is a small little island out somewhere. Yeah. Don't even know where the hell it is. But the last place you would expect uh, a, a folk Viking metal band from. Wait, so they're act- they actually live on an island? Yes, they're from the Faroe Islands, yeah. which is a little cluster of islands. Um, it's like Denmark or something, right? Yeah, somewhere. Damn, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And the song that we picked, or that you picked, is Lay All Your Love On Me. Wait a minute, no it's not. <laughs> it's uh, The Lay Of Our Love, which is um, a weird 80s power ballad throwback track that they put on the album. Yeah, I want... See, I don't know if I would call it '80s though, because it's it's definitely more balladisk. Uh, yeah, more of a ballad in, in that kind of Blind Guardian style, I think. But um, it's I, I definitely feel a little white line when I hear it. Oh, yeah. Oh man, that's a cold thing to say. I don't know. I I, I think the tear. The reason why this song stood out to me so much on this album, which is a really good album, it wasn't a great album. It, it's it's a power ballad, but it's also just like. A really well done song. It has this delicate kind of acoustically plucked intro, acoustic electrically plucked intro, <laughs> and um, I don't know. There's something to it. it. It's it's this band basically pushing the boundaries of their sound and, and their songwriting because Tear does, for the most part, sound the same song to song. I mean, there there are variations thereof, but they never really go super fast. Um, and this is like the first time they've they've gone actually in the opposite direction, actually going slow. Um, they're normally just kind of mid-paced metal, you know? Um, right. Catchy as hell, though. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, they're, I don't know, this is just them kind of expanding their sound and, and taking a chance and having with Christine from Weave's Eyes as the guest vocalist. That's right. I'm not a huge fan of uh, I'm not either. her her solo band right. or Leaves yeah. Eyes, but when she's a guest on something, something works. Yeah, like Nymphetamine um, exactly. was one of my favorite songs, and she was the lead vocal on that album. Yeah, she's so great when she's paired against a good, strong uh, male voice. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. something that doesn't really happen a lot. On I think I think that in Leaves Eyes, Alexander Kroll is also a part of that band. I, I right, think it's her husband, from, right? Um, yeah, from Atrocity. Yeah, and I guess they're married, and I guess he does do vocals on the Leaves Eyes records, but he's, you know, he's not... I mean, with all due respect to Atrocity, they he hasn't really been the greatest vocalist. Or, you know, he's not a guy I would really pick out as a, as a, a noteworthy duet partner, but... Um, sure. You know... Pairing her up with Danny Filth, or in this case, I guess it's, it's Harry or Henry from Tear. Harry. Harry. H-E-R-I, yeah. And, you know, I didn't realize on this album that George Kalias, um 
or Coley is, if however you want to pronounce his name, um, the drummer from Nile performed drums on this entire album. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, and they do a couple of really crazy covers at the end. They do uh, "Where Eagles Dare" from Iron Maiden, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. And "Cemetery Gates" from Pantera, which is, which awesome. is a little. It is awesome, but it's a little out there too. I, I love the Cemetery Gates cover so much, and they did a cover on their last record of Black Sabbath's "I" from the. Uh, oh, that's right. The they did a Starbreaker too, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I love their version of Starbreaker. Yeah, yeah they they always do good covers, but um, they, they, I don't know. They're such an interesting band to me. Like, even their first album is interesting. They, it was released on a jazz label. First of all, that's weird to me. <laughs> They had a that is, that is they weird. had a music video. Their first music video with their first singer um, had them like they actually managed to get a helicopter to film parts of the video of them spelling out like "Hail to the Hammer" and "Stones on a Cliffside" or something. And it's just like <laughs> I, that's I, this band has a really interesting history. But um, sadly, I don't think they get the kind of press they deserve. I mean, they they really do have one of the most unique sounds in metal. No one sounds like Tear. Well, they'll be coming to America again very soon. They they were here before on the... Um, what is it? What tour was it? Uh, I'm going to just take a stab and say Pagan Fest. I think you're right. It was like Elivete and a bunch of different bands. Cherry yeah. Tur- Sauce. Yeah. Cherry Sauce. Which is, making me hungry. Tur- which is, I know. Cherry Sauce is amazing when you have a mix of like fried chicken or something. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> But um, they're actually going to be here with uh, Children of Boredom and Death Angel starting next month. <laughs> Sorry, I, I cannot say, cannot stop saying Children of Boredom. Um, and I guess we do sort of disagree because they they do put on a good live show. Yeah, I've seen the, I've seen them live before, and uh, it was really really fucking loud. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I, I think it's just because Alexi Leho is just really trying to turn into like this over the top, you know, front, you know, presence in the band, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. In uh, some of the last In some of the last albums has been really horrible. Yeah, they're they've always been sort of a a middling kind of mediocre band on record, but uh um I always found them to be kind of fun live. I don't mind the fact that he's kind of a um I mean, he is he's sure. pretty much the front man of that band, so show off he is a show off but i kind of appreciate yeah. that about him because now that you need more ying v malmstein type people out there you know yeah but do you really i, I think it's i think it's more interesting that way just to have i mean not everyone's going to be um a kind of guitar hero type a, a self-appointed guitar hero type guy but credit where credit's due he is a talented guitar player um i always remember his his stuff in synergy those uh those few synergy records which had just great riffs on them you know no matter what you thought of the band uh he is great at writing those micro melodies and riffs they're just like okay i can get behind that <laughs> um this is great timing because um next up the the, the band that we heard before tier is um i guess i picked it and then um jm picked it as well yeah it's the new exhumed, um, and we had Matt Harvey as a guest a few months ago, uh, last month on the, our other show, the Metal Geeks podcast. Um, and they just put out a brand new album about 
two or three months ago called necro- Necrocracy. I can never say that Necrocy. correctly. Necrocracy. Yeah. It's like democracy with with ne- necromancy. Yeah. Basically. I'm not really sure what that would be, though. Um, like The Walking Dead? Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, this album, they've... They, uh, Trying a little bit different here. They're they're going more for the 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 thrashy death vibe. Yeah, and it fucking works. I mean, they do still have grind grindage involved in the band. I mean, they're never going to get away from the grind root, but right. And that's the one crap, thing dude. that um, if you go back and listen to it on um, Metal Geeks, you can hear him discuss why they went that route and how they had gone about it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now. One of the coolest things about it, just like you said, he's uh, not only is it, you know, a, kind of a step away from his. The, well, I mean, Matt's pretty much the only guy left in the band that was original. But yeah. um, I mean, it's his band, really. Yeah, re- exactly. He um, he said that when they stepped away from it, they wanted to try something different, and it's this song in particular, coin coins upon the eyes. Uh, I wanted to play this song because it was so different than most of their other uh, material. It, it yeah. had this nice groove to it. There's some sick riffs, and, and then it kind of grinds up a little bit. So you kind of get a taste of the entire album in that one track. So I agree, and they're on tour with um, who are they on tour with? I can't remember now. Um, well, they were on tour with Dying Fetus when we lost him during the recording. That, yeah, that's right. It was a very difficult um, recording because he was on tour for so long. Yeah, that's pretty much um, what he does. He, he yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to look him up right now. They're on tour with Toxic Holocaust. Right, that's awesome. And they're actually going to be here in Houston uh, February 2nd. So I might have to go hang out with him and uh, talk some comic books with him again. Yeah, and you know, guys, if you're out there listening and... You know, you're ashamed of your geekery or whatever. No. Uh, don't be. And make sure that if you do go see Exhumed, tell them that you listen. Or tell him, tell Matt Harvey, the front man of the band Exhumed, that you listened to the Metal Geeks podcast. And and you heard him geek the fuck and out. And you brought him some comics. <laughs> That's right. Bring Matt Harvey some comic books, man. I just, uh, it's funny. This is a perfect timing. Um, I posted uh, a while ago... Um, I guess uh, BraveWords.com had picked up on the Metal Geeks episode was Matt Harvey, and I posted it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Harvey just replied to it. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I said that um, I, I said he was cool as can be. He was a huge comic geek, and it was a pleasure to chat comics with him. And he replies, I have a lot to say about folks like Hank Pym, Patsy Walker, Sam Wilson, Allison Blair, etc., and many other fictional characters I spent the past 35 years hanging out with. Probably more than anyone really should. <laughs> so, uh, take it from me, Matt Harvey is definitely a comic book geek, and if you are into heavy metal and comic books, go seek him out at the show and just, you know, hand him a free comic. Say, hey, dude, check this out, and he'll he'll be your best friend. You'll just talk comics forever. Yeah, man. I mean, that, and that's, that's one thing that a lot of people that listen to music uh, and, and bands like this, they, they seem to not understand, is that if you want to you know, get to know the guy or whatever, um, show your appreciation with a connection, you know, yeah. bridge that gap with a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's better than a, a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Or <laughs> stalking him and saying, huh, I love your bed. 
I'm you're my biggest fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't go with the somebody and say that. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely check out the uh, the Metal Geeks episode and check out Necro Necrocracy. Yeah. Uh, from Exhumed, um, both of our it made it to both of our favorites of the past year. Yeah, I've actually been listening and, to it a lot this past week. Not just because he was our guest. No, no, because it's That's, fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, hell yeah, the, the band is awesome in general. They do theatrics and shit. So, yep. Know. I'm looking forward to seeing them live. It's been a long, long time. I saw them at one of the maybe New Jersey Metal Fest like ten, twelve years ago, something like that. <laughs> so it's been a while. That's awesome. Um, so before Exhumed, we had one of Sean's picks, and that was uh, Dark Throne, Leave No Cross Unturned from the Underground Mainstream Resistance. <laughs> nice. Ah. I see what you did there. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say the same thing. Ah. That's what Sean said. That is what Sean said. And you know, one more thing about like, geekery, and like, if it's 2014, if you're, if you're ashamed of being a geek... You're mm-hmm. not doing it right. You you should like. <laughs> it's just let your geek let your geek flag. Yeah, fly. like everyone is basically just wearing everything on their sleeve these days. Like no one cares. Like right, dude. I mean, you listen to this show. You're a geek about metal because you wouldn't be listening to a heavy metal podcast if you weren't geeky about. Yeah, it. we had some embrace it right on to the uh, metal geeks um, Instagram feed. What do you? Because I posted a Funko doll or whatever up on there. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. This guy posted on there, What? I thought this was supposed to be about metal. Why are you posting about dolls? And I told him to go fuck himself with a street cone. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, if you hate it, you're going to hate. It's fine. You can just go fuck yourself. We can talk about metal and video games and comic books all in the same breath, and it's all the same shit. Anything that you enjoy should be talked about and enjoyed. Yeah. Thank That's you. Right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, what's that TV show? Um, the Big Bang Theory? That's the one. Ah. <laughs> uh, why is that? Because they pretty much allow this shit. They, they really did. I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking to a coworker about it. They, they really blew that open. Yeah, and if you you know what's watching on that show is um, if you look in the comic book store that their friend owns, almost everything in that fucking store is either DC Comics or Hellboy. Yeah, and which we have Brimstone on Metal Geeks, which That's is right. Hell, um, Hound Comics. Yep, there's a, there is a lot of Hound Comics on there. I mean, I, I, he mentioned it on the show, and you know there was a comic book convention an hour and forty five minutes away from my house in Victoria, Texas, which I did not know about. That was this past weekend, and Brimstone was one of the guests. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. I found out about it like three days after the show. I was like, what, really? Right. So, that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Well, if he's in the uh, Orlando one, I'll I'll definitely go up and say hi to him. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so, we didn't mean to turn this into Metal Geeks. It just kind of happens sometimes. That's because we have a Metal Geek um, with us tonight. That's why yeah, it happens. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, these are just part of our um, our favorites of the year. We have a second part to this episode coming to you very, very soon. Uh, we're going to let you digest this one first, and then we'll bring you set part two, which has uh, let's give them a little bit of sneak preview. We have bands such as Carcass. We have uh, let's see, Orphanland, Stradivarius. Hate. Oh wait, oh. wait, um, some hate. Hate. That's right. 
We're going to bring you some hate next time because we don't bring you enough hate this, All this episode. Hate. And you, All kinds of fucking and, hate. And I'm going to be bringing in some of my own personal favorites from this uh, past year. There's a little bit more of a, a spectrum here that may not be very much liked by some of the listeners who don't like the style of music, but you're going to deal with it. That's right. It's all metal, man. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So that's what that's always been the show. We love fucking just doing all kinds of metal, just thrown together in a blender. Yeah, we're just like a we are the uh, smoothie king of metal. <laughs> hey, I like that. Yeah. You must be fucking hungry tonight, man. Dude, I am. Okay, I I appreciate I can appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so before we wake um. Start. I'm going to re-edit that part right now. <laughs> I was like, whoa, brain malfunction. <laughs> I had a brain fart. I'm like, before we... <laughs> okay, so before we wrap up this episode, um, let's let everybody know where they can find us on the interwebs. Um, let, we'll, let's let Sean go first. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, well, you can find me, uh, my blog, at uh, com. I'm also on Twitter at the metal pigeon, um, Facebook at the metal pigeon. Um, those are the only two I use right now. I was thinking about doing Instagram, but not really sure how I'm going to do it. And I'm also just kind of lazy by, by nature. So, um, Twitter, Twitter works fine. If you want to get in touch with me, just uh, yell at me on Twitter. I'll, I'll respond to you. And if you like football, yes, I, I am always on Twitter on Sundays, <laughs> on NFL Sundays, especially, now that's that right. it's come, it's winding down to the Super Bowl. So that's definitely one thing I'm not geeky about. Yeah, but that's okay. If you you can be geeky about it all you oh, want. I right? am very yeah. geeky about it. fantasy football and everything. Oh no! I used to but do yeah, that, definitely. Actually. I recommend definitely go check out uh, Sean's blog. He is uh, one of the best metal writers out there today. I he 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 writes beautiful words, man. Hey, Thanks, uh, Sean, you got to hit up uh, Simon, one of our. Uh, very very loyal listeners, and he's actually right. a good friend of the shows. Um, he actually does some fantasy football too, so you guys oh, might cool. hit it off. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, Simon uh, Iron Sleeve on on the Twitter handle. Yep, nice. So we'll we'll get you in contact with him. He's a he's a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Um, so you can find us on the interwebs. First of all, find us on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Uh, give us a thumbs up, like us, um, give us a comment that you, you know, that you listen to the show. Let people know what you think about it. That's really the only way to help build up people that can find the show on on the internet. It it really does help us. That's all we ask for. We don't ask for money. We don't ask for any of that kind of stuff. You know what we are going to ask you though is to share your favorites of 2013, and you just may very well get your own shout out. That's right. On the next episode, actually. Yep. So you can actually send those to msrcast at gmail dot com. You can either do it in a text or you can do it on. Uh, the uh, I have what, to find the number. What the fuck is the phone number for it? I always forget that. It is eight three two three zero three two seven eight zero. Okay, let's uh, let's just do that little last part again. Okay. You can uh, actually send those to msrcast at gmail.com, or if you want to hear your voice on this very show, 
You can send those voicemails over to this phone number. 832-303-2780. Yeah, let us know what your favorites of the past year were, and if you uh, agree, don't you disagree, whatever. We want to he- we want to hear your voice. We want this show to be more interactive, man. Send us a DM on Instagram at MSRCast, whatever. Send us a video if you want. You can send a video. You can flip us off if you want. Show us the horns. That's right. <laughs> we'll give you a shout-out. Um, find us on Twitter, at MSRCast, and you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash official. And I think that's officially the last place you can find us. Yeah, I think so. You, Stitcher Radio, I think. Stitcher Radio, that's correct. Possibly uh, on SoundCloud in the coming weeks. Yep. It's all, it's all good stuff, man. You can find us on MetalInjection.net. That's where uh, our home has been for the past nine years. And you can find us on MSRCast.com. That's so crazy. It's been nine years. It has, man, does not feel like it. It doesn't. Uh, <sighs> but you know what does feel like it's nine years old, long? What? This next Avatasian song. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Ah, I like my segues, man. Yeah, segues. Um, yeah, yeah, segues. Yeah, you can drive around them, and they're cool. <laughs> they are, are pretty cool, actually. Yeah, no, they are pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, Sean and I both picked this um, this album and this track in particular. Um, it's definitely a long, long song, so it's about nine minutes long or something like that. Yeah. But it is one of the best tracks on the album. Um, we are, of course, we're talking about Aventasia or... AKA Ed Guy, yeah. Because as we talked about before, they're basically the same ga- uh, same band right now. To their detriment, or I mean, it's um, to their detriment. It's Tobias Sammet, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I had mixed feelings about this album. I I love Avantasia. I love anything Tobias Sammet does, but this is the first Avantasia album where I was less than enthousi- enthusiastic uh, after hearing it. I I had. The guest list wasn't that impressive. I had problems with right. some of the songwriting, and I just kind of felt like um, it wasn't up to the last three albums. And I I love the Scarecrow trilogy. Um, mm. I think he I think he sort of lost it with this one. I mean, it's not a bad album. It's it's got a lot of good songs in there. This is a great song. Um, it has everything you would want in a Alventasia song, and it's basically almost a throwback to the metal opera era. Um, which is parts of it are yeah definitely. yeah it, it's got it's got that old kind of um, uh, classic power metal feel to it in certain parts of the song. Um, I think that he's running into a problem with the fact that he's the sole songwriter in Ed Guy and the sole songwriter in Avantasia. He's both of those bands are starting to sound similar musically, and I think that yeah. something's got to give. He's got to either have another songwriter partner up with him in Alventasia or someone else partner up with him in Ed Guy to start differentiating I mean, the two. He has Sasha Pace doing guitars and produ- production. And why doesn't he have him help write some of this music, you know? Well, unfortunately, so- like on, I know on the... It was either Angel of Babylon or the Wicked Symphony. Mm-hmm. Sasha did write one song, and it was god-awful. It was like the one with... Um, Cloudy Yang was on the lead vocals, and oh, it was okay. Symphony of Life, I think. It was an awful song. I mean, I love Sasha Paith as a guitarist, uh, but 
Tobias Sama is is maybe one of the best songwriters in metal today. And um, you know, they're not all going to be home runs, but and there's and there's such thing as oversaturation as well. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's, it's here's what's crazy. Since 2006, there have been only three Ed Guy albums, right? Sure. There have been, I, I believe, four full-length Avantage albums since that time, plus two EPs, with that, which had some original material on there. So basically, you can tell where his energies are going, and I feel like the recent Ed Guy output has kind of suffered as a result. And it seems like now the Avantage output is suffering as a result. So I, I feel like this... This year's Ed Guy release is going to be a real turning point for this band. It's either going to be the, I mean, not not a make or break situation, but I can I can see it being a. Um, uh, I'm I'm going to use a, um, a a cliche sports reference, but <laughs> it's it's going to be where you know the game changes, uh, you know, the tempo basically. It's it's going to be it's going to be a game changer album. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I. I they have to do something because I mean the last album of Ed Guy only had like one or two decent tracks. Yeah, it, it's a shame. I mean, I, I I did enjoy the Age of the Joker. I, I I thought it was a good album, but it wasn't it wasn't special, you know. And and the thing is, it felt it felt like an Avantasia album. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to Ed Guy albums being special. I'm used to Avantasia albums being special, and, and this album, The Mystery of Time, was one of the first. Tobias Samet releases in the wild where I just kind of felt like, wow, you just, um, you kind of lost it on some of these songs. They just didn't have the hooks that you expected. Um, kind of a bummer, but this song does. Right. <laughs> Savior. Yeah, of course, we're, co- we're talking about Savior in the clockwork. Yes. Um, it, it features Joe Lynn Turner, uh, Biff, Biford, yep. Biford, <laughs> and, and, uh, Biford. good old Michael Biford. And uh, good old Michael Kiske, who actually was on uh, two episodes ago on MSR Cast, and we played some of the Avantasia music that he performed on. So, yeah, episode one forty-seven. So it came out November thirtieth of two thousand and thirteen. One of my favorite vocals of all time. So he does a great job. Um, oh yeah, wasn't Ronnie Atkins on this one too, or is he on some of the other songs? I can't remember. Uh, he's on a different track. Okay, yeah. yeah. And Eric Martin from Mr. Biggs on this album? Come on. That was a great song. Um, it's a kind of a country-ish ballad. Uh, that was one of the highlights on the album, too. And the, I, I know that everyone hates the, the pop single on this record, Sleepwalking. I don't I don't hate it that much. I love it. I actually really yeah. loved it, and I debated putting it on my top ten uh, songs list, but then I, mm. I kind of was like, uh, what, do I really think it's better than Savior and the Clockwork? No, I don't. No, I like I really like the Watchmaker's Dream too. I love that track. I actually hate that song. Um, really? That, okay, it's time to that go. Is, get off. That is one, the song that I actually <laughs> singled out as, as as one of the reasons why I think the album's so weak. Wow. So we'll just uh, agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, so the track we're talking about is Savior in the Clockwork. It is ten minutes and forty so- minute or ten minutes and forty seconds long. Um and forty songs. Yeah. I know, right? And Sean thinks it's the savior in the album, so it is. we'll find out. We'll uh we'll see you on part two. So this Thanks song everybody. is the Jesus of Metal. <laughs> no, that's still uh the Jesus of Metal? Yeah, the Savior. <laughs> <laughs>
I was going to say that's still Kanye West, but... Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, because he likes to wear those uh, those outfits with all the metal bands on them. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to say goodnight, everybody, and uh, keep it metal. Everybody say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody.
Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit MSRcast.com. Metal or die! Let's do metal all the time! Yeah!